Welcome. Well, we're going to open up uh, with some scripture this morning in John 8. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John 8 today. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about, you'll kind of figure out as we read this parable, but about hypocrisy, about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests, and some of the principles in which they operated in. And hypocrisy was one of the greatest. And the ironic thing about it is, do you guys know what they used to promote their hypocrisy? The Word of God. The Scripture, the Law of God. So um, it's pretty ironic that the, some of the greatest examples of evil were the people that had the Word of God. Very deceptive uh, mindset. A very deceptive group. A very deceptive um, thought process. Because whether you know it or not, every single person in here has dealt with hypocrisy within themselves at some point, if you'll be honest with yourself today. So we're going to talk a little bit about this and get into the Word of God here. So in John 8, uh, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came to the disciple, uh, came again unto the temple. And the people came unto him and sat down, and taught, he taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, here they go with their justification and their temptation to Jesus. Now, Moses in the law commanded us. Now, this, that's what they say. This was a commandment of God. So they're using Jesus' law to try to tempt him. But they didn't know that because they didn't really, uh, they didn't believe he was the son of God. But anyway, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So then when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote in the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So to me, this paints a beautiful example of how the Pharisees used the word of God to tempt Jesus and to accuse Jesus. And they did this constantly. And we'll read a little bit about hypocrisy, but the hypocrisy works in this because if you guys are well-versed in the Bible, you'll know this scripture, but what was the law for? What was it supposed to do? What was the law supposed to find? What did it find? Anybody know? Sin. Sin. And that the law found the whole wor world guilty before God. 
So even, I think there's even a scripture, maybe could, Walker could look it up, but it says, as the scripture hath concluded, all are under sin. All are under sin. And you could look at it as uh, everyone in that Bible, all in your heart. You could look at everyone on this earth. It doesn't matter to me how you look at it, but the only one without sin was Jesus Christ. And even him, he was put in subjection to it when he was sent to the world. But he overcame it, didn't he? He did the one thing that nobody else can do, and that was overcome sin, overcome the flesh, and forgive sin. So if all are under sin, who are these? Was it the hypocrites, or what did he say? Scribes and Pharisees in this example. But if all are under sin, who are they, those scribes and Pharisees, to accuse another of sin that she would be stoned, that she would be found guilty and punished under the law. Who are they? Well, they thought they had the truth. They thought that what they had was it. They didn't need anything, anybody else beside law, beside the law of Moses like they use in this example. Did I uh, quote that right, Walker? Yeah. Can you get uh, a drink of water, please? Yes, please. It's uh, Galatians 3 and verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. That's beautiful because the example he's using about the law, it revealed sin. It brought you to a place of sin. And what was after that? Grace, mercy, truth. If you use the law correctly, like it said, the law is good if a man use it lawfully. So if you use it lawfully, you'll find yourself to a, in front of God guilty. The law was supposed to bring you guilty before God. But was there water? Oh, thank you. My wonderful wife is going to help me with a drink. So the law was supposed to find you guilty before God. This is where Jesus Christ and mercy and faith comes into play. Because if we're all under sin, there's only one way out of it. That is through one that never sinned. That is through one that overcame sin. That was one through Jesus who was sent to cleanse your sin, my sin. But you know what the, the problem is with the thank you very much. That was what Jesus came to do, was um, forgive sin, right? Make a way, a path for you to overcome sin and be with God again. Simply put. But the biggest problem with the Pharisees and the the Sadducees was they had the law of God, but that's where they stopped. They didn't use it right. They used it to justify themselves. They used it to accuse others. That's not what the law was for. The law was to find you guilty for God, before God so that you prayed to God and asked, help me, Lord. Deliver me from the sin. Deliver me from the thing that's followed me my whole life that I am, myself cannot deliver myself from. I've come to a point, it's like you hit a wall, and at that wall, you need a doorway to go through it because there's no way around it. So the, the scribes and the Pharisees used the law to promote their own righteousness. Walker, they looked the part. They wore the robes. 
They stood on the streets and prayed. They had the high seats in the synagogues. They looked like they were righteous. They used the law to form their own righteousness. That's not what the law was for. But the bad thing about using the law to promote your own righteousness, to um, call yourself better than somebody else, because really that's what they did, the problem with that is it never reveals your sin. Because in their mind, they had no sin. In their mind, they didn't need somebody to come and cleanse their sin and forgive them because they had done no wrong, Walker. So the, the answer that Jesus said was simple. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. If you're not lost, I'm not here to help you. Simply put. And he railed on these Pharisees and Sadducees and hypocrites and used them as an example of teaching in front of his disciples many times. John 6, John 8, which is where we're at. But again and again, he used them as examples of what not to do. He told the disciples at one point, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. They, they said for everyone else to be righteous, yet they themselves could not keep the law that they preached. That is hypocrisy. And when they were confronted with it, here's the biggest problem. When they were confronted with it, there was no repentance, Walker. You know why? Because it wasn't given to them. If you look at John, one of the things he said, I believe this was right before Jesus' baptism, he called them generations of vipers and serpents. He said, bring forth, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Bring a word of repentance. And um, Pastor Brian recently read uh, the parable of the, the two men. One was a publican and one was a Pharisee. And the, the publican, he prayed to God. They, well, it, it started out with the Pharisee. The Pharisee said, I thank God that I'm not like these other men, sinners, extortioners. And you can go read this. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But he's, he prayed, thank God I'm not like these other men. I'm better than these other men. I tithe. I, I pay a, a tribute, I, I bring uh, offerings, I do all these different things. And he thought that those things, that the keeping, the keeping of the law, because they thought that's what righteousness was, to keep the law. Well, guess what? If you're honest with God, you'll realize that you can't keep the law. That's not the point of the law. The law was to find you guilty, to show you, without me, you cannot keep the law. Without me to lead you, and forgive you, it's impossible to keep the law. So that Pharisee, he prayed within himself, basically stating how he was righteous, others were sinners, and he was better than them because he kept the law. He did his tithes. Um, you could go read that. The, the other man was a publican, wasn't he? He didn't even so much as lift, lift his eyes up to heaven. And he smote his breast and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. That man was justified. He went to his house justified because he allowed the law to reveal his sin and bring him guilty before God. He allowed the law to work in him. And he knew he needed another way to be righteous. And that way was Jesus. That way was mercy. He knew he needed God to have mercy on him because he was guilty. Because he was a sinner. Do we know that? 
Do we or do we walk in the righteous thought of I am better than so and so because I possess this gospel. I am better than so and so because I've memorized more scripture than so and so. None of those things make you righteous before God. Jesus Christ and his forgiveness and his mercy makes you righteous before God. Him telling you that he loves you makes you righteous before God. That's what makes you worthy of him is loving him and he loving you back. We may go into some of these things separately. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts in this and I'm probably not going to be able to hit them all. But let's go to uh, 1 John 1 and see what, uh, again, we're in uh, one of the epistles of John. 1 John 1 you get up here and start talking and you get a dry throat, you know? All right. What did I say? Uh, which verse? I didn't say what verse. Let's see. We'll start with verse 5 because that's such a wonderful scripture. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That's what these Pharisees did. They said that they had fellowship with God, but yet they walked in darkness. Let's see. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, what does that light do? It reveals all things, good and evil. So if you walk in that light, you're going to have fellowship with Jesus. Jesus knows there's sin present. He came to deliver you from it. That's the ironic part. But within our hearts, when we hide, you can't hide from God, number one, because he's in you. You ever tried to hide from somebody that's in you? Good luck with that. You ever try to leave an evil thought that was within you? I tried, but I couldn't do it because it was with me. God is the same way. He's with you always. Uh, let's go here where I left off. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one from another, and the blood of Je Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So it's, it's a perfect example that the law, maybe it was Paul, either, maybe Paul wrote it, you have to look it up, but he said the law was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. So if you've used the law properly, where has it led you? Well, to Christ, absolutely. It's led you to Christ. It's led you, and you were found guilty, but guess what? Before the Lord. It brought you before the Lord to have fellowship and to be cleansed from the sin. But the Pharisees would not allow the law to reveal their sin because of the self-righteousness that worked in them. They didn't think they had sin. So guess what? They didn't have fellowship with God either. And they chose that. Talk, talking a lot, a lot of negative about the Pharisees, but God is not limited to any one thing. There's, uh, nothing's impossible with God. Who was Paul? He was a Pharisee. One of the greatest uh, writers, spiritual men that we have witness of, Paul, was a Pharisee. 
So don't think that if you've had thoughts like this, God can't help you. God came to save you from those thoughts and deliver and give you understanding on why they're there. Because the, hip the hypocrite's in every single one of us. The sin is in every single one of us. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That is exactly what the Pharisees said. They even questioned Jesus. Do we have sin also? I'm paraphrasing, but um, they had sin, didn't they, Merle? And guess what they did also in the process of that? They deceived their own selves. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Jesus told them plainly, I believe it was in John 6, that my word is not in you. You can't hear my, my words because my word is not in you. He discerned them very well. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Saying you have no sin is unrighteousness. It is sin to be in that mindset of, I'm perfect. I don't need anything. You need Jesus. You need Jesus to come to your heart and reveal the hypocrisy that works there. The hypocrisy that would accuse somebody else of sin, like this woman. What did Jesus say about adultery? What He said, what, what is adultery in Jesus' language? You guys remember? He that looketh upon a woman and desire to have her hath committed adultery in his heart. Didn't he say that? So the law that these hypocrites and Pharisees tried to use against him he came to fulfill that law and say, you hypocrites, you looked a certain way. In an outward appearance, you keep the law. They may not have committed adultery or murder or all the things that was in the commandment. They may have been able to keep those laws, Walker, but in their heart, they were murderers. In their heart, they were adulterers. In their heart, they were idolaters. So, he came to show them, you may keep the law in an outward appearance, but within, you're all sinners. And they wouldn't believe him for it. You could look righteous, you could appear righteous and be no closer to God than anyone else. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I think I read that already. So the thought of hypocrisy is amazing to me. Because it will accuse everyone else of doing something wrong and never look within the heart. And never have, be honest before God to realize, like that publican that smote his breast and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. The Lord's going to love that man. The Lord's going to help that man. Jesus, in fact, he was in front of Jesus right then to be forgiven of those sin. And so Jesus could have mercy upon him. There's one other scripture. We're going to go to Romans 2 here. And I don't know how long I've been up here. I'm just speaking what's on my heart today. So well, how long have we been going, Walker? 20 minutes. 20 minutes, all right. So in the book of Romans here, I love how Paul lays this out. So he's taking... The, hypo the, the hypocrite, and he's doing, he's expounding 
on this hypocrite a little bit about the inner work of the hypocrite. He says, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, there's no excuse for this man, whosoever thou art that judgest. But what about, doesn't God judge? Didn't Jesus judge? Didn't he tell those disciples that they will judge Israel? So what's he saying? Whosoever thou art that judgest. Whosoever thou art that judgest without God, without the Spirit of God, when you judge according to the law, you're going to be found guilty just like everyone else, and there'll be no excuse for you. For when wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doeth the same things. So what did Jesus do to those uh, hypocrite, hypocrites that brought that woman before the Lord with adul- uh, in the act of adultery? He put it right on them. And you know how he did it? With their own conscience. He allowed the law that was working in them to condemn them without deliverance of it. How would you like to live in a constant condemnation of the law with no deliverance of it? Would that be a torment? Live in it for a while and see how you could try to fix yourself, how you could try to attain to God and be righteous your entire life and never get there. People are in torment every day. They need Jesus is what they need. My wife was up here and promoted Jesus earlier. You need Jesus to come to your heart and forgive your sins. You need the light of the world to be shed upon your heart. So wherein thou, con- uh, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doeth the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest this thou, or thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? That's the irony of it. They're judging someone else when they, when they have done the same thing, Walker. Do they think that they're going to escape the judgment of God? They will not. They may be blind to it at that time, but they will not escape. Because each and every one of us are going to be brought before the Lord. And I pray to God it's in this life, here and now, before I leave this life. Don't think that you have to be on your deathbed to meet the Lord. You should meet the Lord every day of your life. Every day. Or despisest thou, he's really getting into some specifics about this. Um, he calls him, O man. Thou art inexcusable, O man. He calls him just a man here. Um, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So if you haven't used the law right to reveal sin in your heart, what are you never going to be able to do? Repent. And that is the first step of anyone's walk of God is repentance from dead work and faith towards God. Because the whole the thing, whole gospel of God was to reveal sin, Walker, and bring you to a place of repentance. Bring you to a place like that publican that prayed, forgive me. Please forgive my, my error. 
in, um, how did he call it here? Despising God. Please forgive my ignorance of crucifying the Lord. Please forgive my arrogance of, of accusing the only one that ever loved me. Please forgive my arrogance and, and excuse me, Lord. I need Jesus. I've sinned. I brought myself to a place of sin and can't deliver myself. I've killed the only one that could save me. Tell me you don't need help in that position. Because that's what the Pharisees did. They killed the only one that could bring them into eternal life. And God hid it from him in his wisdom. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasure up, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of judgment. I'm sorry. Treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and the revelation of righteous judgment of God. So because of their hardness of heart, if you look at hard ground, it will not allow a seed to be sown, Walker. It rejects it. And that's what they did. They rejected the commandments of God. And impenitent means you're not repenting. There's no repentance working. That's what was working in their heart. I want to skip down. I'm going to finish with this here. Behold, verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of God. He's describing to you a Pharisee, a hypocrite right now. He called him a Jew. He said, you, you rest in the law and you make your boast of God. You know his will. You approve the things that are more excellent being instructed of the law. These sound like good things. Some, a place you'd want to be with God, Walker. You are, and thou art, and art confident that thou thyself are a guide to the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth of the law. That sounds like a good pedigree. That sounds like a good resume of things. I'm a teacher of, of babes, of the foolish, a guide to them that are blind. Thou, therefore, that teachest another, teachest not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? You talk about a serious conversation with God, this would be it. And thou preachest that a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou sayest a man should not commit adultery, Dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Because outwardly they preach this, Walker. They preach don't commit adultery. They preach don't um, worship idols. But within their hearts, they were breakers of the oath. They were breakers of the commandment of the law and would not face the music, would not tell God, I'm guilty. I can't keep the law. In their minds, they used it to establish the righteousness, the self-righteousness. Thou that makest thy boast of the law through the breaking of the law, dishonorest thou God. 
For circumcision, oh wait, for the, this is it right here. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. And I think the point is made here that we cannot forget mercy and grace and forgiveness of sins. Because when the law reveals sin, um, you're going to be thankful. You should be thankful because God, somebody that knows their sin, Walker, that means God has talked to them. That means they've had a visitation of the Lord because that is God in the beginning of forgiving the sin, is revealing it. So if your sin is sealed up and you don't know it's there, you better pray that God visits you and shows you those things. I had a conversation with somebody some time ago. They called me. Um, they had some questions about forgiveness. They had had a hard childhood. Um, somebody that was supposed to be a parent abused them in many ways. It was a bad situation for somebody to grow up in. That person had since, the parent had since passed on this life, had died. So this person in their heart was thinking, do I need to, how, how could I forgive this person if they've passed? Do I need to forgive them? Um, and I basically told them that forgiveness is not for that person. It's for you. Because as long as you harbor unforgiveness, you're harboring hatred. Hatred is not good in the heart. It's like a fire. It'll spread. So forgiveness is, is absolutely important. And I'm not justifying the actions of the person because they were wrong. They made bad decisions. They hurt somebody else. And they should not have done. And they should suffer the consequences of it. But forgiveness, you're going to want to seek the Lord on forgiveness. And I'm not saying that would be an easy thing. But you don't want to harbor hatred in your heart. So at the end of this conversation, this person, basically, Walker, wasn't ready to forgive. They weren't ready yet. And I let, let, I let him have that. You know, I can't force anything upon him. But my counsel was, you should forgive so-and-so. You should not walk with hatred in your heart. Because that hatred ultimately will turn to the Lord. And you will hate God. You'll accuse God of being unrighteous. So that's why you want to forgive. Um, but the whole point was, don't, don't, let, um, your, don't be deceived in sin. Don't be caught in another person's fault, or even a fault of your own, in accusing them, or yourself. Because uh, you can't live righteous before, with the law. You can't. Not without Jesus. And those, those hypocrites were a great example of accusing others of doing things or not doing things that they themselves could not fulfill. So beware of the leaven of the, of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Notice it within your heart first and catch it there before you go try to pull a moat out of your brother's eye. Right? You know the scripture there. So walk in honesty. Allow God to reveal sin. Don't accuse others of doing things that you have, yourself have done. You may not have manifested it here, but if you've done it within the heart, you are guilty of the same. So we want to remember that God has forgiven me of my sin, and uh, you're going to come for the Lord uh, thankful. So when you hear someone else's fault walker, you're not going to go with an accusation pointing fingers. You're going to go understanding that all are under sin. They need Jesus Christ to visit them. And by no means do we condone any type of bad stuff that happens in the world or within our hearts. But uh, Jesus is no respecter of persons. 
if he forgave Paul of the things that he had done, he can forgive me too. So that's what we want to walk in, is thankfulness and forgiveness of sins and repentance of, uh, from dead works. Not uh, walking in the hypocrisy of accusation, the hypocrisy of putting a scripture and a law before somebody knowing that they can't keep it. That's what religion has done to each and every one of you. I know my wife specifically. They preach love. They preach grace. When you came to them with a problem, they kicked you out of the church. When they themselves were no better, now your blood is on their hands. You don't think you want to handle your brothers carefully and your sisters carefully? You better think twice because everyone has to answer to the Lord for those types of things. My grandma, who used to be a member of our church for many years, and God bless her soul now because she's passed on. At one time, she was the oldest member of our church, Merle. Not anymore. She went to a church years ago. who um, uh, It was a large church in Visalia. And one of the, the ladies in the church committed adultery. So instead of that pastor having a visitation and um, ministering and helping the, the, that man and woman through this hard time, no, they brought that woman up before the church and excommunicated her. It's things like that, it's hypocrisies like that that the Lord hates. Because in an honest heart, how could you do that? How could you bring somebody up before a church Preach about the sin that they've committed when you yourself have done the same. Like Jesus, they must have forgotten the scripture that said any man that looks upon a woman has already committed adultery in his heart. That preacher must have forgot about that because every man walking on this earth have done that. Every person has done, uh, done that, Walker. We're human beings. We're subject to certain things. Have some control over your thoughts and put them into, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Subjection. So walk in humility. Walk in thankfulness. Right, Merle? Walk in the forgiveness of sins, not the accusation of them. And you'll be walking in the mindset of Christ because he loved us and forgave us for those sins and made a way where we could actually be made perfect through him. And I'm thankful for that. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to conclude the service unless anybody has any questions this morning. Walker, anything online? No questions? You got a question, Sharon? The people online can't hear anybody unless they have a microphone. So it's respect just for them, if you would, please. So I was thinking about what you were talking there, using an example of, hey, Lord, uh, excuse me, yay, uh, yay Lord, um, I have killed the only, you know, crucified the only person that was, had, you know, that was here to save me. That loved you, yeah. <clears throat> and, I, you know, I mean, and so coming before the Lord and uh, agreement with him and saying, yea, Lord, I'm a viper, or yea, Lord. And so I was thinking about that verse that talks about bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. And i thinking, I'm answering my own question, but does that, and is that what that means? bringing forth fruit worthy of repentance. It's, yea, Lord, I'm a viper, or yea, Lord, I'm whatever. I wouldn't say you're a viper, because if you're saying you're a viper, you are one of those. 
That may be working in you at times, like everyone, but that's not who you are. You're a child of God. So I just want to correct the thought as you speak it there. I understand what you're saying. Uh, this is why Jesus prayed for them. Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There was, there was some that were ignorant in it. Still guilty, but ignorant. There was some that knew what they were doing. So there was, Jesus prayed for you. There's a forgiveness in those things. But the fruit that is uh, meat for repentance would be very similar to that publican that smote his breast and said, have mercy on me, a sinner. He knew he was a sinner. He knew he needed to be at the feet of Jesus so Jesus could forgive him and help him and heal him. That is fruit, meat for repentance. I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need Jesus. I know there's somebody greater than me that can help me. And John led them to Jesus. What was his message? Jesus and John said this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So if, you're, if you need fruit, meat for repentance, you need sin revealed, right? You, repentance means turning from something, in this case, sin. So sin's got to be revealed in order for to be repented from it. They, those vipers that he called them, oh, generation of vipers, they would not let sin be revealed in their heart. So they had no word of repentance because they didn't think they had sin. That answer your question? Very hard to bring a word of repentance or seek repentance when in your mind you have no sin. It's impossible. In other words, he's telling you, you won't let me reveal your sin so I'm not going to give you a word of repentance. I'm not going to allow any of this to happen. God didn't come to get you. God didn't come for you. You came for, Jesus came for those that were his. Those 12 and the other miracles he performed. The ones that his father gave him. Content with that? Yeah. All right. 